What's happening, Mark? Oh, hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Working on a little bit of home renovation and everything, getting ready to sell my house. You know. Oh yeah. Some, some good stuff. Yeah. Right on. What uh, What yeah, are you doing? I, I, well, I mean, uh, we're, we're doing some painting. We're doing some just like general repairs around the house, and and you know, wouldn't you know it? I decided that I needed to go and get a new septic tank. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, but it's really funny. The uh, the salesman here, he tried to get me with this little in home unit. But mm-hmm. clearly he doesn't know me. So I went and bought one that uh, I swear it's the same size they just put in at the Sinclair down the street from me, man. Like this thing is massive. <laughs> welcome uh, to Dangle Podcast, everybody. Yes, welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult Mike Judge animation classic King of the Hill and we talk about the goods and bads and highs and lows. We see if it still holds up. We see if it's still funny. And then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, maybe we ought to just drop this one right into the bowl. What do you think? I think so. We're starting today with episode 68, Not in My Back Hoe. Uh, we have an original air date of November 28, 1999. That's the day before my 10th birthday. Wow. Uh, yeah. Where were you when this episode came out? Uh, I was in Broomfield still. Uh, I was in the fourth grade. Yeah. Okay. Hanging out at school. Um, see, I just met my best friend through almost all of uh, high school, Josh Mathis. He moved down the street that year. Um, yeah. Like... I'm pretty sure this is the hype. Uh, I want to say 99 is when I got my copy of Pokemon Silver, so that's probably what I was doing. Okay, cool. Or in a day, I would be doing that, because I think I got it for my birthday. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But, right on. yeah. Uh, so, we have our writer for this episode, Paul Lieberstein. Toby's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've got a pretty good track record with Toby. I don't think we've really seen a bad Toby, Yeah. No, like, Homeboy does a lot of good stuff. King of the Ant Hill is one of my favorites. Uh, Deconstructing Henry's good. Fantastic, I really yeah. love Pretty Pretty Dresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sadly, this is his last writing credit, Mark. Oh, man. It's almost like uh, 1999 ended, and then he got this job as a writer on another show that was going to start on uh, NBC not too long from now. And who knows? Maybe he'll stay on that for, like, 10, 6, or, 10, <laughs> wow, 10, 11 years. What time? When did The Office debut? I want to say 2001. Oh my God! I, I bet you're right. I just yeah. Th- I never. I didn't. I it took me till like 2000 and I want to say like 11. No, 2013 before I started watching The Office. Like it was on Netflix and I was like, yeah, I'll check this shit out. But right. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's insane. Yeah, because I very very vividly remember one of our remember one of our professors um, talking about uh, the finale or Jim and Pam's wedding or something like that. While I was in school. So yeah. it was definitely still on the air when I was still in school with you. So. Yeah. It's interesting. insane. Wow. Um, our cast of characters for Not In My Back Hoe, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve. We have an introduction and only appearance of Hal. We have mm-hmm. an unnamed man cameo voiced by Chelsea Ross. I don't know who Chelsea Ross is or who unnamed man is. And we have, uh, I think, the one and only appearance of Jimsy. Jimsy. Mark, where's my back hoe? I want my back hoe, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, our synopsis here, Bill needs a new septic tank put in, and Hank finds a friend to help him out. Uh, The guys in the alley are less than excited about the new friendship competition. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So our A story characters in this, Hank, Bill, Dale, and I, and Hal. I didn't put Boomhauer because he's he's in this very briefly. He also doesn't get all upset about this like everybody else does. Because Boomhauer is an adult and not drinking yes. beer in the alley just means that he can go like get more strange. Like You can dangle leave me alone, man. Dangle Mama Boomhauer, man, dangle yeah, dang, grandbabies, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's jump into some notes. What do you got for notes, Mark? So, number one, Johnny, I got to ask you, are yeah. you a NIMBY? NIMBY. Do you know no what a idea. NIMBY is? Nope. It's where we take our namesake for this episode. It stands for Not In My Backyard. 
It's the oh. idea that people are fine with a thing so long as it is not avail- immediately next to them. So, hey, there's this planned community for pedophiles where they just function as like a living, breathing block, but you can't live within a thousand yards of a school? Fine, build it, but they better not be behind my house. That kind of thing. That's where okay. we get the title for this episode. I just thought it bared mentioning. Interesting. So yeah. it's almost like a like a like a concentration camp or a internment camp for pedophiles. Well, not, not 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 just that. That's a bad idea. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm all for <laughs> you know, you know, cut to 1960s. Yeah, I'm all for like bussing inner city kids into the schools. That's cool, but they better not fucking go to my kid's school, kind of thing. You're down oh, for an idea. Okay. You support a thing, but you're still a dickhead, and you just say you support it. But hey, I am all for like letting you know Afghani rebels in here or rebels, uh, Afghani refugees into America, but they're not gonna sure. live in my apartment complex. It's it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see. Um. So let's see. Here we go. Um, drinking beer out of glasses from Hank and Hal is weird. I'm just going to say it. They're in the bar and they have yeah, that scene. out of the mugs. We don't really see him do it. We don't see Hank drink out of glasses. Like we did with, um, propane boom. And he's got that good PTSD and he like yeah. pours the beer. And that's how the guys know that there's something intrinsically wrong with Hank. Maybe you're in a bar. So it's different. I don't know. I personally, I hate drinking beer out of cans and or bottles in a bar and or restaurant and or brew pub and or beer garden it's, and or wherever it, you would you drink. Beer but, on yeah. tap. If you got beer on tap, that's where it happens. Exactly. Yeah. Hank's pocket flashlight is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so we saw it pop up in Beer Can Named Desire, and it's back now. And I'm glad that we have this little accessory for Hank. I just, yeah. it's a very Hank thing to have, and I'm glad to see it here. Um, so when Bill and Dale are drinking in the alley after Hank has gone and just been palling around with his new buddy Hal <laughs> all day. Yeah. Um, do you, did did you bother to count how many um, beer cans there were? I did not. Please tell me you did because I, I, did. I, I, I considered it. I considered I, it, but I'm glad you did. So uh, both the boys are holding what we can only assume is at least a quarter full or more can. And there are 29 empties on the ground rounding out to that is 31 cans of beer. Now, Johnny, you were down rack. here. Yeah. And then some. You were down here a couple weeks ago, and you and I kind of got into it. And I think all told, our kill count was like 16 beers total. Like, yeah, holy shit. And yeah, they're they're drinking effectively Miller High Life, PBR, Coors Light, whatever. But god damn, that is a lot of beer. Those boys are going to be hurting for certain in the morning. Well, and you have to think of, you know, what time do you think it was when Hank left? One or two o'clock in the afternoon, maybe? Yeah. So he comes back at maybe nine, ten o'clock. In eight hours, they crush that many. Well, so between the two of them, that'd be 15 beers in eight hours. That breaks down to, what, two beers an hour? That's pretty reasonable. Okay. If anything, that seems a little bit unreasonable shit. I'd even say, like, they could start at five and still achieve that level. That'd be six (laughs) beers. So six beers an hour, ten minutes to a beer. They're getting madder and madder talking about Hank. As you get more and more upset, the alcohol takes hold a little bit more, and you kind of start freight training through, like... I, That's true. Could could be. The, I, it's completely the sheer plausible. Of liquid at that, the sheer volume of liquid at that speed, though, is really where it, it confuses me. I, I th- so once upon a time, um, we were talking about what do you think could happen if we drank over there? And Bill tells or, – or Hank tells Dale, curiosity killed the cat, Dale. I don't think it's curiosity. I bet they go and piss on Bill's fence because it's Bill's fence and nobody cares. But – Standing over there and you get that sweet, sweet whiz fume, it's just going to be too much to handle. That's why they drink on that side. But whatever. My point is, I bet that they're crushing beers and peeing all over Bill's fence. And then I bet they get into a cute little discussion about it and like, I wrote my name. And Dale's like, well, I wrote the Martian city. Like, whatever. Something dumb. Yeah. Um. I really like the callback of the sports. Well, okay. I really like the callback to the diner that spins in circles, but it's now a sporting goods store. But at the same time, holy shit, dude, they were just at this restaurant that spun around and now it's a sporting goods store. That is an insane turnaround for a business like refitting. um, I imagine like the getting the, all the, the stuff up to that spinning cafe was a real pain in the ass. Mm hmm. Like, I work in a grocery store, man. I can tell you that, like, on flat surfaces, stocking product is kind of a pain in the dick. Like, I can't imagine freight elevatoring up, like, pallets of shit one after another. Right. Um, 
This episode really made me miss you because I miss playing guitar with you. I miss those good old days when we would like spend our technology budget at the computer lab printing off Tenacious D tabs and sitting yep. in one of the two of our rooms just hammering out Tenacious D on our guitars for hours. I really, really miss that. And dude, Aww. I totally miss you. <laughs> I have a note of just in general poor Hank because Hank makes a genuine friend who he loves and then loses him and has to go back to these dumb shits. And finally, who do you think is the worst? Okay, you are you can be so you're 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 Dale, spooning Bill in the backhoe, right? Okay. What is the less agreeable position to be the little spoon or the big spoon? And I want to get into this because it re- I spent too much brain effort energy on this one thought what is the worst spoon to be with bill dotrieve i would rather be the small spoon than the big spoon with him and really? here's why okay smell if i'm the small spoon i don't have to smell him all night Ooh. okay that's my factor here okay okay now you get a lot more cushion if you're the big spoon however mm-hmm. i th- smell smell would ruin it dude I may as well just puke on myself and call it good. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I don't no, have an answer for question. that. Like, I don't have an it's answer for that because they're both bad. Like, I imagine <laughs> Neither, being the small spoon is yeah. Just I choose death. Let me let me eat some weird preserved cat and die of formaldehyde poisoning instead. Like, right. Because like, if you're big spoon, like you got his like awful fucking bristly back hair crushing into you, like. If you're Little Spoon, I bet you, I bet you Bill is still reasonably strong. We've seen Bill be pretty, like, beastly. I bet, like, him touching another warm human body kicks some, like, animal thing in his head on, and he just, like, grips and crushes you, too. I bet you Bill sleeps the way that I sleep with my lady, where if she's in bed, I find her, grab her, and mash her into my body. Um, I imagine the body heat coming off of Bill is insane. And sure, on the yeah. cold Texas night when it only gets down to, you know, 65 degrees, yeah, I bet you're glad to have it. But the smell, the <laughs> hair. I also, um, warm body, Bill's animal triggers. Like, dude, I bet you Bill pops a bone just because that's what humans do. He it's might. a thing that happens. And I do not need to be poked by Bill's infinite walrus, to tell you what. <laughs> yeah. How about you, buddy? You got any notes for us? I do. Um, So you're going to have to help me out a little bit here because I don't remember it very well. And I know that you have watched it at least way more recently than I have. Okay. But do you think that Hank in in King of the Hill and Drew Carey from the Drew Carey show would hang out together? I think so because the one thing I very vividly remember about the Drew Carey show, other than uh, the genius that is – oh, my God – Diedrich Bader. Mm -hmm. Wow. Had a brain fart for a second. Uh, (laughs) Other than the genius that is Diedrich Bader is Oswald Uh is he's got a pool pool table in his backyard. And that seems like a very Hank thing to do because it's well maintained. It's well cared for. They play on it. Mm -hmm. Um, He also has the mini brew pub in his garage where they brew buzz beer. Yep. So I'm like, I I just figured I'd pose this question to you because I do think they would hang out. In an alternate timeline where we get King of the where, where they reboot King of the Hill in twenty twenty two, Bobby has moved away. Peggy has died from a late onset brain aneurysm. Hank moves to Cleveland to huck propane, and he befriends Drew Carey slash Hal again. Drew Carey is still in the HR department in a dead end job. Absolutely, they <laughs> hang out. They pal around. Hell, I Take would shits love this. On Mimi's grave. Yep. I, I bet Mimi's still alive, but, like, she got into low-carb, like, in 2004 or five, so she looks amazing, but she still dresses <laughs> like Mimi does. I would love to oh, see. God. I would, oh, my God, this is the this is the new episodes we need to see. I would love to see Hank and, Ugh. oh, God, I would love to see him together. It'd be fantastic. Like, also, 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 note, call back to um, uh, Traffic Jam when Budasak calls Hank Hill Drew Carey. We talked about it in that one. I'm going to call it out now. Hank's yeah. best friend is Drew Carey. Here's Drew Carey for real, for real. I love Drew Carey. I don't know if y'all could tell this, but yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Shit, I might start watching some Drew Carey show right after this. I got the DVDs. Hey, man, he's an honorary member inductee of the WWE Hall of Fame. Man's an awesome person. Yes, he is. Mm. Um, We're tagging right, him in this so, episode. Uh, I'll bust through a couple of these. Luckily, you hit a couple of them, so I don't have to spend too much time. I love Dale's Martian Capital Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had a good Dale conspiracy for a while. 
Uh, I already hinted at this possible same rotating restaurant in McManerberry from Old as the Hills. Absolutely confirmed. I looked on the wiki. Uh, okay. We have a first that we will get at least once, if not twice, in the rest of the series, Mark. What mm-hmm. song is Hank playing with Hal? The Gambler. Play the Gambler. <laughs> I think that's Hank's favorite song. It's got to be. It's got to be. And I love The Gambler because of this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to posit something to you here. Okay. If Bill is getting a septic tank putting into, put into his house, and Hank says it was he saved us a couple of days by putting this in. He moved that backhoe so fast, right? Yeah. Hank's words verbatim. I'm really curious who in their right mind in the entire alley is going to let Bill come take a shit in their house while his ba- septic system's getting put in. I bet it's a callback to um, good hill hunting and Bill is back to pooping in yards and blaming it on deer. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. That's See, I spent like 20 minutes trying to find like, so what's the average like over under waste that a unhealthy 200, let's call it 30 pound adult human male makes? I couldn't really find a solid answer. Thank God I didn't find a solid answer. But like, yeah. And they're talking about like Bill's like they wanted me to get a resident or like a civilian model, whatever. Like, oh, I bet <laughs> there, there it is right there. I bet he's shitting at Blanda. I bet he's just waiting till he gets in the first like 20 minutes of his day as he goes and shits. Oh, God. Poor Fort Blanda. <laughs> Bill is now in charge of germ warfare, too. But Oh, man. Weaponize that. <laughs> Weaponize so those are my uh, my notes, Mark. Okay. Yeah, let's get into some pros. Sure. You want to start or you want me to start? <laughs> I'll start because you just hit on it. Bill needs a commercial septic tank. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I can't like, imagine. I feel like they... Like... they they take the piss out of Bill so much in this show, and that's like a that's like an egregious thing. That's like a joke they'd make about Homer Simpson's weight in the early seasons, mm-hmm. where he's really not that fat, and yet you feel like he is the fattest piece of shit in the whole world. Like I, I feel like they. Are I bet doing you that Bill shits Bill. a bunch though. Like we see him taking down like dude, even just like the the very beginning like point that I posited with the beer cans and stuff. Yeah. You drink enough bad beer, you're going to get the run something crazy. I can drink two Coors yeah. Lights, and I will shit like a goose for a day. Like, <laughs> I imagine that Bill, Bill is fat. Bill's the fattest one out of them. He eats like shit with his, you know, chocolate sandwich cookies and all his stuff. Like, it's probably super plausible. It's just these are things, these are questions that we don't want to ask ourselves kind of thing. Right. So maybe they're being abusive to Bill, but at the same time, I bet you Bill needs... Who, who have you ever known to fill up a septic tank? Like uh, nobody, unless they're shoving like tampons and stuff into their. And um, and, and that's my point. Like that, that's my point is like I lived on the Eastern Plains for a long time, and like everything out there is septic tanks because there's no like you know sewage system, and like right. I, I you get a septic tank put in when you buy the house. That's that, that's what you do. And so we can assume that Bill and Hank have lived on Rainy Street for the same amount of time. And a family right. of three, we'll even call it a family of four, has not filled up the hill septic tank. But Bill needs a new one? Nah. Bill Bill needs an industrial-sized shit catcher. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the best thing I can say about this episode is it's a perfect example of why the guys need Hank. Like, why he has to be the the head person in charge. Mm -hmm. Because right from the very beginning, Bill has no idea where his septic tank is at Mm -hmm. all. And Hank is like, nope, I am organized with this. I know exactly where mine is. What the hell is wrong with you? And why didn't you do the same steps I probably fucking told you to do? So, and then I really, I like the banter between Hank and Hal. It feels very, very real. Um, It's obviously not a conversation I would have with a lot of people, but I have that level of conversation with you all the time, Mark. We're yeah. not talking about L pipes and U pipes and, and uh, septic systems and stuff. We're talking about wrestling moves or King of the Hill or oh, I don't know. Would Drew like, Carey and Hank Hill be friends and we can back up yeah, the banter like, for it. Yeah. Like, you know, what's the best craft beer to get in Alamosa, Colorado? And how in the hell did you know this was the perfect one? Like, how did you find red rum and know that it's my favorite goddamn beer? Well, because we're fucking soulmates. We just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it felt very organic, and I like that. The writers know 
who Hank is and they know exactly how to compliment him. It's almost like one of them is Hank Hill and has had that conversation in a hardware store with a rando dude before. Mm -hmm. But I like that, man. But those are my pros. What you got? I got a number of pros. Number one, can I get super weird? And maybe this should have been a note, but I'm putting it as a pro because it touched me. Sure. All right. Um, Dale's talking about the conspiracy that Hal's metal detector wouldn't work because of all the um, Martian alloys. So um, there is a prevailing theory that in the American Southwest, there is a higher concentration of subterranean aliens because they react positively to the magnetic discharge or the electromagnetic um, discharge from the minerals in the area. I think that's great. Like, okay. It's dumb. I don't think that this is what they intended. I am sure that like, um, not Toby. What's his, what's his real name? Uh, Paul Lieberstein. I am sure that Paul Lieberstein is not into the reptilian conspiracy. I'm sure that Paul Lieberstein does not really talk about Dulce, New Mexico and how the air there's the, you know, the deep underground military base that goes 70 feet, you know, below or 700 feet below the surface that houses all the aliens that we've been in contact with. And they localize there because the reptilians get off on like the high amounts of electromagnetic energy from the local minerals. But still, just the fact that you touched it, I loved it. I thought it was great. It kicked a big hornet's nest in my head. And I'm like, man, two wizards ought to talk about that. But that's not the point. Um, I like Hank's anxiety at the gas station before asking Hal out. That's what he's doing. That's all he's doing. I like it. I like he's nervous. He's like, I met this person and resonated with them. How do you talk to a person that you don't know how to talk to? I really, really like that. Right. Um, I love Dale's voice recorder shenanigans, and I like that Dale is going to continue voice recorder shenanigans into the next episode. I like that whole bit when they're driving and he replays it, and then with a little bit that caught Bill going, what? And Dale yells at him because he doesn't realize he recorded it. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you talked about The Gambler. Do you know the song that Dale is singing while they're hanging out in the parking lot? No. It's called Highwaymen, and it's like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash... Uh, Conway, Tw I want to say Conway Twitty and then Merle Haggard maybe, but it's Ooh. basically like a it's a song about the cycle of reincarnation of menly men in America. It's a really really good song, and okay. when I, I I don't know, it's a, it's a great song. It's a great song. Listeners, go check it out. It's a fantastic song. Highwaymen by the Highwaymen. I like the backhoe's death rattle when it falls into the grave and like the 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 arm kind of like shudders and like falls down. I thought that was a really cool little bit. Right. Like, it, it, everybody, everybody is now dead in the hole. It's Bill, it's Dale, it's the backhoe. Everybody is equally boned. Um, Boomhauer's impression of his mom is hilarious when he's talking about, like, like where are my grandbabies at? I love that. Because we know that Boomhauer loves his mom, but at the same time, Boomhauer gets really irritated with his mom. Right. Um, uh, Con. Man, two down, two to go. That's fantastic. <laughs> And then finally, I like the way that um, Hank backdoors the guys out of the hole. Like, well, Dale, if it were me, I would do this. He knows that you can't tell Dale, you know, extend the outriggers, reach up with the boom, dig out, whatever, all that stuff. But he can tell Dale that if he were in this situation, this is what he does. And Dale being right. Dale will do literally anything that Hank tells him to do because Dale is just as big of a bitch for Hank as Bill is. Like, I love that. A very clear understanding of the relationship between the guys and the like, the mechanics and politics of their relationship. It's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got a lot to say about this episode. I love it, man. No, it's good. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else? You got, you got more pros for me, or did I jog anything? Maybe or no, no, no. Um, I'll give you some cons here, and uh, like, it, I, there's not. I mean, there, there's one of them is is a like a con con, but the other two really aren't. Um. I don't like that Dale and Bill are often made out to be incompetent when they're with each other. Like, I get the whole idea that one is feeding off of the other, and usually that leads to shenanigans. We see it here. We see it in the friendship tube. We see it, like, all the time with these two. And yet, individually, most of the time, they're pretty normal human beings. Like, mm -hmm. Bill can go to work, and he can make sure that he's got all of his bills paid, and yada, yada, yeah, he's a pant load, but he can make sure his shit's good. He's a Dale functioning a human good still. Father. But like, I, I just I I don't like that they're they're just straight up dumbasses in this episode because yes they feed off of each other but it seemed like just a little too much. They yes and each other into stupidity. Yes. Yeah. Um. 
I have a note in here. That backhoe would have been totally fucked if they tanked it like that into a hole that big. I know nothing about backhoes, and I know enough to know that, yes, it'd be totally fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you would not be able to get it out like Hank did. Uh, Not unless you've got, like, 15,000 hours on a backhoe, and you were, like, the most experienced person in the world, and you also knew exactly where you were. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with that, the whole scene with them stuck in the backhoe in the giant asshole. Hank makes a comment that they have been there for 50 hours. We just talked about Bill taking shits. Did either of them not have to void their bowels at all? Or they're, 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 they, neither of them had to take a piss the whole time because they can't move. They can't move their legs. They're buried halfway. So Bill just got his new septic tank. I bet he wouldn't have broke that in. I bet he. Okay. I, and I'm not justifying anything here, but like, um, no, I, bet no. he went, I bet he went and broke in his new septic tank. Um, they didn't take snacks or beers with them. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see a scene where they're like trying to like, figure out the mechanics of having to pee in the hole. We don't need to see that, but I bet it happened. Yeah. But also Dale, we talked Dale just like smokes cigarettes and drinks Mountain Dew. And I don't see any Mountain Dew with him. So I bet, I bet they had to pee at least four or five times. And I bet after the first time it was kind of bad, but whatever they're, they're covered in dirt and who can, who, who cares? You, you just do it. I bet they both did it right. that first night. Like they're both kind of like, Oh, I can't hold it anymore. And they just go and they, they dumb and dumber it. And it makes bill warm for a little bit, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's a gross <laughs> point that I didn't consider in an episode predicated on how much bill shits. We don't talk about how bill is not shitting in the hole. And that's a weird moment for me right now in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Well, and, and two days without drinking anything, unless they're drinking their own piss is going to leave you so delirious. You're not going to be able to operate that fucking thing. Like Hank wants you to. Okay-ish. Hell, I bet their body's like maybe like lightly detoxing. Who knows? Oh god. Um, so the only other con that I have, the bigger one here. Mark, who is the u- most useless character in this whole episode? Mm, I don't know who. Has like four lines in the whole episode that could probably just be omitted. Who? Bobby. Why do what? I give a shit that Bobby wants to go shine Hank's shoes? I don't care. You can leave him out of the episode. Unless it's in Pamela Adlin's contract, just leave him out. You don't need a Bobby line. I thought it was a fun bit, though. I liked it. I, it's okay, because, but it's Because, like, again, waste. we see Bobby doing weird shit. Like, Bobby kicks into being a waiter. Bobby kicks into being a, 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 a concierge at a hotel. Bobby can flawlessly kick into being a shoe shiner. But then he goes, how's the market treating you? I got worries. I kind of thought it was a funny Bobby bit. It is and fun. and, and just, it, it also shows how Hank and Bobby can't hang out, you know? Dale and yeah. Joseph could totally hang out for no reason. They could just pal around. But, like, to get Bobby and Hank together, you need to devote an episode to it. And we need to teach Bobby about, like, why fair chase hunting is the right way to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see what you're driving at, though. I definitely get it. Like... It's a it's a waste. It's a waste of Bobby. Like you could you could have made the shoe shine bit like a, an opener, like a light opener for another episode. You could have saved it for something different and just not had him in the episode. It wouldn't okay. have changed it. Okay. But I don't know. That's that's what I got for cons. What do you got for cons, man? I literally have nothing for cons. I I tried. Okay. Like I liked this episode. I knew that I liked this episode, but I liked this episode more than I thought that I was gonna. Maybe I can give you maybe I can give you like where did they shit and or piss in the backhoe when they were buried? I can give <laughs> you that one for sure. But but past that, man, like I don't really have any hate for this episode. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well, then why don't we jump into your favorite moments? Because I don't... Let me look here. Oh, I have one retro rage, but you already brought it up. What's that? Um, uh, it's a personal personal uh, video. or uh, So, tape recorder. I mean, we just don't see tape recorders anymore. But like you said, we hit on it even just next episode, which is kind of funny. Um, we've, we've hit on this before. It's a day-old trope to have that recorder. He has it a whole bunch with Octavio, if I remember right. Yeah. But, too, he's like... He's still recording, like... Um, what in the, in the, what is the, oh, what's, what does he call his little, the Gribble Report? In the Gribble Report, he like talks about how he saves their conversations. He records the phone messages and stuff. Like, yeah. 
I imagine that he uses the recorder more than we see him using it, just so that he can transcribe notes later on. Yeah, he loves his weird physical media. He does, and and it makes sense at the time. Like, we didn't have many computers in our hands in 1999 that you can record with, you know? Well, and that one doesn't get back to the beast. <laughs> All right, Mike, well, give me some favorite moments, or unless you want me to give me, give, want you to give me mine, because I bet you got a bunch in there. Go ahead and give me yours, yeah. So I absolutely love shit-faced Dale and Bill. Yep. Um, 30 beers deep, and I could watch a whole episode that's nothing but them getting into shenanigans that drunk. <laughs> um, I love Dale's line of, I'm in a pet cemetery. I have many enemies here. <laughs> yep. Um, but one of my all-time favorite things that Dale has ever done is Nickel says... I can pick that dandelion over here, bring it back, blow on it, and make a wish. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you that in my life, when I was using a backhoe in my cemetery that I used to work at, I have tried to do that exact thing. <laughs> Unsuccessfully, mind you. But I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> how about you man <laughs> so that um just fun note have you watched those videos of like the german like um crane or not, I don't, it's not i guess it's a backhoe but it's like their certification tests and they have to make a hot dog yes have you seen those and like they pick up the bun set it on the thing pick up the dog set it on the dog grab the like yep yeah that shit's insane so it's like i like that that's not an unreasonable bit do you know what i mean uh-huh yeah, I really like that. Um, as far as favorite moments, I like the friendship montage of Hank and Hal. I think that's really cool. Like, but it's weird to me too, though, because like, I bet I, I think Boom. We we've seen Bill be musical now in Beer Can, but I can see why Hank wouldn't want to play music with Bill. But we also know that Boomhauer is musical and Dale is musical too. Yeah, we've seen Cassio Dale. Yeah. Um, it's weird to me that we don't really see that, but I really like that montage. I like that little bit between them. I love, I love the beginning scene in the Megalomart when they're both yelling at their respective clerks. And I, listeners, I am not advocating ever, not, no, never, not even once yelling at some poor hapless fucking retail clerk, but goddamn, that is a fantastic little bit there. I love <laughs> how all Buckley. pipes are straight. There, there's no such thing as a bent pipe. What, what about that that's one? A that's a U pipe. That's, that's not a pipe. I love that. I love that so much. And then like <laughs> how, what? Where's a hammer? Where do I get it? I, I love every second of it. Yeah. Um. And also I love it when like Hank's in a good mood and Peggy mentions it and he goes, oh no, just a one-time thing with a guy in, a par- in the parking lot. I love that. I think <laughs> Yeah. it took me a long time to understand why that was funny, but Boy, I'm glad that I understand why that's funny, and I'm glad that I love it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to rate this bad boy, Johnny? I do. I'm going to tell the good folks about our rating system first, though. Oh, please do, sir. Yeah. So our rating system, patent pending, uh, well, to hell with it. We're patenting it right now. I think this uh, is 33 episodes. It's it's already, it's, it's good. We're in, like. We're in. We're in. We have so proof of concept, system... like it's all good. <laughs> is as follows Uh, at the very bottom we have our charcoal rating it's our f tier it's an absolute garbage episode it's one that you may watch on your initial viewing but you're never going to go back to and hell you might even turn it off halfway through your first viewing it's a terrible episode after that we've got our megalo rating that's our uh our kind of our bronze medal uh megalo episodes usually you've got a couple of good bits in there but there's not a lot of character reference there's not a lot of uh really good good stuff um and it's not very rewatchable After that, we've got our butane. Butane is our silver metal bastard gas of an episode, and it's a bastard episode because you want to love it, but you also want to hate it. There's lots of good stuff, but there's also a lot of problematic stuff in it. Um, Usually, you'll watch a butane and probably sit on your phone the whole time, but they're okay episodes. After that, we've got our gold metal char king, and uh, if Mark and I give them both a char king, it's a char king imperial. Uh, Our gold episodes are basically uh, damn near perfect. The only thing missing from them is uh, what we include in our Blue Flame of Valors here, um, and that is the fact that they uh, are not a- easily accessible to just everybody. You have to kind of have some context for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, our Blue Flame of Valor is uh, a perfect episode without context needed. Uh, we've only given out a handful of Blue Valor, Blue Flame of Valors. Uh, Mark, how many do we have? Do we have a running count? 
We do, but... And I was updating our spreadsheet of scoring, but I have fallen off that wagon super hard. But I think at this point, we're I think we're like six blue flames, including beer can. I know that we both surpassed your original theory of five blue flames. Right. But we could even amend that, I think, to where we both give an episode a simultaneous blue flame. And that becomes yeah. the, like, rainbow coat of glory or whatever the fuck we were saying. But, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, no. Rainbow blazer. Rainbow blazer, thank you. I, can't, I don't know why... The, Man, even like a rainbow blazer works so well with, well with blue flame. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. So our blue flame val- blue flame of valor. There, there are perfect episodes here. They're everything you you love to love about King of the Hill. It's what you would show somebody to get them into the series. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, uh, with that being said, what do you want to give a not in my back hoe? Um, so initially I gave this a butane, but now in talking okay. to you about it and realizing how much I do love this episode, all the fun little bits, all the wide fun, all the coolness of the characters, like this is a good everybody episode. And it's nice to see like D- Bill not being so much of a pant load, but like also having a compatriot in pant loadiness in Dale. That's a really cool thing. We don't see that a lot. I'm giving her a char king. I love this episode. It's fantastic. I didn't realize how much I loved it. I hope in the future we can see a crossover series between Drew Carey in the Drew Carey show and Hank Hill living and working in Cleveland with Drew Carey. Like that'd be, that'd be so great. I would love to see it, but yeah. How about you, buddy? Um, so I, uh, I didn't love it as much as you did. I do still like this episode. I definitely rewatch it when it comes up. It's not one I seek out. I gave it a butane. I'm going to stick okay. with a butane here. Um, it's a, a good episode. It's got a great guest star. I love Hal. I think his the way he interacts with everybody. He we, he was almost he's almost too good of a character. You could shoe him in. Like mm-hmm. he could be a recurring character like Carl Moss, and I wouldn't hate it. I would but, see I would see more Hal than I would Carl fucking Moss. Like. It, it, well, you all, everybody knows how I feel about Carl Moss. He's a piece of shit. Oh, buddy, um, we, we but, share the feelings. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a pretty middle-of-the-road episode. There's just a couple of, like, weird, glaring things here. But me, as, as somebody who likes to write creative fiction on occasion, I'm like, there's so many plot holes here, guys. Come on, uh, Lieberstein. You're, like, phoning it in here. Like, I know you're about to go get paid a stupid amount of money by NBC, and you'll never have to work another day in your life, but come on, Toby. <laughs> You know that NBC pays better than Fox. Well, shit, he's living off those royalties because I don't know how many times I personally have watched through The Office, but it's a lot. Yeah. Well, shit, it's on like five different... Dude, okay, sidebar. How much fucking money do, respectively, the King of the Hill crew and the Office crew have? Because goddamn, like, King of the Hill is on, like, three different networks. I know The Office is on, like, seven different networks, like... All the syndication? Yeah, 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 like, it's an... Goddamn, dude, that's... Whoop. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now that King of the Hill earns every single dime, and I will happily... I'd just leave it on in the background indefinitely if if I knew that every time I watched an episode, they each got 50 cents from him. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, what do you say we move on to our next episode? So, yeah, next episode. Yeah, we're going to start with, uh, well, we're going to continue on (laughs) with episode 69. Nice. Nice. To Kill a Ladybird. Mark, what is our our, uh, title referencing? (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm amazed at our immaturity. Uh, It's referencing (laughs) a shitty book by Harper Lee to kill a mockingbird. If you were in high school in America, you've read this fucking book. I mean, it teaches you not to be racist if you need to be taught to not be racist, I guess. If. 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 Yeah, like most of us are just not inherently racist. It also teaches us the very important message of don't climb up strangers' apple trees because you'll fall out and break your fucking arm. It's true. It also shows you a little bit about white privilege. But I don't I don't, I don't, I don't hate this book, but it is, it is what it is. It's a dumb name for the, the I episode, had to te- I had to teach it. That's why I hate it. Like, Fair. Sophomores uh, in an on, English class, or yeah. Fucking cat decided to go ape shit on the scratcher. That's fine. There can be a kitty cameo. That's fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, so I, understandable. I haven't had to read it since high school, so maybe that's why I don't hate it. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Uh, you got a yeah. uh, plot synopsis for us, there, buddy? I well, I do. But before we get to there, uh, our writer for this episode, Mark, oh, is Norris Cock. Okay. Uh, where did we last see Mr. Hiscock? It's been a minute, um, I want to say, since he actually wrote one. It has. Uh, old as the Hills. 
Okay, so what was four or five episodes ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and you know, like, he's about halfway through his tenure with us, and, and Guy's got some some good stuff coming up here. He's also got some really dumb ones coming up here. Uh, I don't like Dances with Dogs, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> like, it's definitely unique, but I just don't care for it. Um, I'm excited to get cast- angry with you about that episode. It's it's gonna be good. Uh, that's kind of our jumping the shark episode, I think. Okay, interesting. You know, I think that might be it. Um, so our cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, John Redcorn, and then Bandit and Ladybird. Yeah. And so our plot synopsis here, Mark: Bobby's fed up with Ladybird's lack of affection and gets a new pet. Dale experiences the highs and lows of possibly contracting rabies. Good use of the word high, Johnny. Very proud. Yep. Very proud. Yep. That was intentional. <laughs> so our A story and our B story, which is subplot prime A. Uh, a story is Bobby and Hank. B story is Dale. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Awesome. Uh, give me some notes, Mark. What you got? All right. Number one, most glaring. This should almost be a con, but whatever. Um, we are not the same as we were two seasons ago, and I cannot hold continuity for two seasons across. It just It's not a thing we can do. Bobby shouldn't be into Bandit. Um, that episode, um, oh, God, I can't. I don't remember what it is, where Hank and Peggy start smashing, and Bobby yep. wakes up and screams, the raccoons, raccoons are, are back. back. Um. Yeah, Bobby's been like, no, I don't want to say traumatized, but he definitely has like that in that that inherent like we'll call it a fear of raccoons. Phobia. And his just yeah. like immediate adoption of this fucking raccoon is stupid. But then followed up closely by and this just takes everything away from it, all that negativity. This happened to me once when Bandit has his head stuck in the box. I'm glad that we don't have cutaway gags in King of the Hill, but God, I would watch the cutaway <laughs> gag of Bobby getting his head stuck in the box of cereal or whatever the hell that was. Yep. Um, I want to talk to you really quick, Johnny, about, yeah. um, actually, you know what? Yeah, we have to do this one next anyway. Um, no more food in the tub. Um, do you, have you, <laughs> have you eaten food in the tub in the shower? Because I have, I, I guess you could call it a bucket list of items that I would like to enjoy in some various state of wetness. Like I okay. love when I get off work, I drink a shower beer. It's like how I come down from my day, grab a beer, jump in the shower. I drink the beer. I wash the sadness off me. I cry a little bit and the water hides the tears. So God can't see them. But like, so my running list right now is I want to eat hot wings in a shower. I want to eat a sandwich in a hot tub and I want to try and eat, um, um, a euro in the bath. That's just me. These are my like, I want to see if I can pull it off. And to answer your second question, if you're in a hot tub, I imagine the moisture, there's like too much chemical and it would queer the taste of the tzatziki in the euro. That's why it's a sandwich. But yes. Do, Fair. Is this anything that you have ever considered or thought about? Or am I crazier than a road lizard? Because I know the answer to both is yes. Um, well, I want to comment really quick on your gyro, and okay. I think that that's about the most Greek thing you can do is basically find a public bath and eat a gyro. That's racist. Fuck you. <laughs> Podcast hey, over. I'm appreciating your culture. I'm appreciating your culture, man. Um, it's not something I have always jokingly told my wife, uh, this is the Seinfeld fan in me, that I've always wanted to eat a sandwich while in the middle of making love. Yep. And that has never happened, at least not not that I remember. It may have happened. Honestly, my wife is cool as shit, so <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I can't say I've ever eaten anything in the tub. Uh, if I if I had to pick, I would want like some weird sense of of uh, juxtaposition. I'd want a hot as shit bath, and I'd want something like uh, like an ice cream sundae. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Have you had beers in a hot tub in the snow? Because that's pretty insane. And yes. I can only I assume also, it's I'm like a, the same. I'm a big house. fan of the ice cold shower beer, by the way. Like nice Hell warm yeah. hot shower and an ice cold beer. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um sorry, that that got weird. I didn't mean to get weird. Um no. Okay, that's gonna be a con. When I talk about cons, remind me, Mark, you had a con for me. Um, Ladybird okay. is a million. I hate seeing Ladybird. We talked about in Pregnant Pause how every time Ladybird is on screen I get uncomfortable. 
Yeah. And like that opening animation with her, she's just like rickety. She's going to fucking fall apart. Her hips are going to blow out of their sockets. Her head is going to rocket off into the next room because she's so old that our pet's heads are falling off. I don't like her. Um, but, but, but to sharply dog leg, haha, off that one. We, <laughs> a while back, we talked about we need to start tracking Dale's fence jumps. Johnny, this is a two for one. Well, this is actually a three for one episode. <laughs> we get a Dale fence jump. We then get a Dale window ejection. And then we get a tree fall. All jumps, <laughs> all jump based attacks out of Dale. And every one of them is great. Um, the only thing we're missing is his pocket sand. Yes, but then we have the, the the all four of his Pokemon set is right there. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I just broke you. Ooh, you got me. Oh. <laughs> um, I feel super bad for Bobby in this one. This episode has got to be traumatic as fuck for Bobby. Like, okay, so. Um, Bobby befriends a raccoon that he then murders. That's got to be fucking terrible. Um, yep. The idea of the loss of a thing. This is probably the first thing that Bobby really and truly loves. Like, this is one of those first, not first, but you know what I mean? Like, he shares his fruit pies with the stupid raccoon. And that's. Yeah. So core like, memory, man. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah, core memory. He's got that. And then he kills the thing. And that's got to be terrible. Like. So there's that, but then also he is tied up and watches his father threatened by a naked fucking dude with a pocket knife. Like, that, that is whole scene is... Shit. Yeah, like, and I've seen this episode before, and I kind of, like, giggled at it. I was like, ha what? That's funny. But now I watch, I'm like, holy shit, dude, poor Bobby, that's terrible. And I really feel for the little guy. Um, And then finally, that's another con, too. Bo- Johnny, remind me I've got two cons. How about you, okay. buddy? You got any notes for us? Um, I do. So in my house, I've got two cats and a dog. And okay. as far as my dog is concerned, I am Bobby and my wife is Hank. <laughs> my dog likes me, but he loves my wife. So I understand Bobby's frustration. It's why I take 900 pictures of my cats <laughs> instead, because uh, at least one of them ignores me almost all day long. But the other one, at almost any given point, I can go and pick her up and I, I get chirps and I get purrs and she's very happy that I'm here. And she glares at you from behind a pillow. Yes, she smudge cats me. <laughs> um, Mark, is this our first glimpse of full-on Exterminator Dale, as in not just wielding his spray wand? I want to say so. We really see Dale put his ankles in it this episode for being an exterminator. Yeah. yeah. Knife and everything. Yeah. I like his suiting um, up montage, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then the only other note I have in here is it's more of a conversation starter here. Have you ever, did you ever try and convince your mom when you were a kid that you have, you should have a pet that you really shouldn't have had? Um, we always kind of had pets growing up. We moved around a lot and we had this cat named Susie who was like a million when we got her. And she lived to be a million and we had her for a long time. And then she died and we got another cat meatball who is still alive. And she's like, I think she's like 20, 20 at this point, And she's a main oh, coon. Meatball was, yeah. You remember meatball. meatball. Yeah. And now she's deaf. And every time I call my mom, like she somehow knows that I'm on the phone. Cause she walks in and yowls. Oh. And I know, I know that she's saying hi to me, but yeah, uh, no, not, not so much. I feel like. We've, we've had pets. We always had pets. So trying to get one was not an issue. Yeah, not so much. How about you? Do you have any, do you have a weird like, mom, I need this. And she's like, no, John, you do not need this python. I just, honestly, I remember as a kid, like we, we had cats that didn't want anything to do with us. We never had a dog, not until I was in high school. And I was always looking for something that wanted my, like something I could like cuddle or screw around with, or that I could just have that was just mine. I didn't have to share with my siblings. So you were Bobby. I I totally, I totally pulled the like Hogarth Hughes of trying to like find a baby um, (laughs) squirrel or like, I definitely, I wanted a turtle my, my, pretty much my whole life. And I, I essentially got one in high school when my buddy Matt got one, he got two of them. Um, we named him after Green Lantern characters. It was fantastic. So I had one, but it stayed at his house. What was so, yours named? Uh, well, oh, fuck. What was it? Um, I want to say one of them was just named Hal, which is lame as shit. But Hal the other Jordan? one was named Poozer. Fantastic names for turtles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Well, it's it's not the, like, 
ridiculous, uh, I'm going to name it Leonardo, I'm going to name it Mikey. Like, nope, nope, we're getting something even better. We had uh, Atlas and Kronos, the turtles. And she had Atlas, li- Atlas lived for quite a while until she drowned herself eating too much lettuce in her bowl. Oh, no. That's that's the notes I got, man. You want to jump into some pros? Um, Yeah, sure. I really like Bobby and Bandit eating. I know I was bitching earlier about how Bobby should be terrified of this raccoon. But I like that little scene when they're just sitting they're sitting on the trash cans and then b- the bandit chitters and then Bobby chitters with it. It's a very Bobby sure. episode. We have we talk a lot about like Bobby being Bobby episodes and this is the bobbiest of Bobby that we're going to Bobby for a little bit now. And I like that little yeah. bit. Um you already hit one of them Dale's exterminating. It's fantastic. When they're in the vets or the animal control office and Dale's shock at you can get rabies from raccoon scratches and it goes, "Oh, mm-hmm. it moved up to third. Boy, that's a that is a gribble of a line. I tell you what. <laughs> yes, it is. And then I'm just gonna read this as I wrote it. Uh, Kitchen Dale hiss, oven roast grab, scream, oven mitts, screeching, and then Dale fe- window jump. Help, Shug. That whole scene. It's also weird to see Nancy's concern for him, even though she is actively fucking John Redcorn. Literally in the exact same scene. Yeah, she might be, you know, cheating on her husband, but she still loves him a little bit enough to, like, care about him, and that's kind of nice. Oh, also, right? pro, um, Dale, honey, pizza's here. Mmm, pizza. I just, I don't know why, <laughs> but that one really resonated with me a lot. It was, it was good. How about, how about you? You got some notes for, or some pros for me? I do. I do. So this is definitely the best of all of the Bobby Gets a Pet episodes. Um, this is way better than Josh the Snake. This is way better than Dances with Dogs. Like, God, it seems like that's it's a trope that we're going to see a whole hell of a lot. Kids I, and I pets. Know. It's a it's thing that has to happen. It's kids with pets. It is. It's This is way better than him getting the, uh, the, the, the cat. Um get duke it just it's fine it's a pro because it's the best one i don't like bobby gets a pet episodes usually that's fine i Um, i I agree with that i absolutely love the timing and pacing of dale's descent into madness yes like it is damn near perfect uh i really also like just to just to point that at the very end um that dale's got all of his war trophies around his tree yeah. Like things that are weird and beheaded and put on sticks that he has now shoved into the ground because he's high as shit on mushrooms. Like <laughs> that's hilarious to me. And if anything else, the writers, they know they're following and they have started to enjoy their own jokes. And I know that because they've got the guy on the phone going, Oh, sorry. I mean, I'll have to put ladybird down <laughs> and he says it just like hank does yeah so to me that is owning how good your writing is right there they they like it they know we like it they're leaning into it just the right amount oh it's such a good thing yeah absolutely yeah um i got some cons too you want to hear my cons real quick lay them on me buddy so hank is made out to be a dick in this episode mm-hmm. but let's be real he is absolutely right. Why in the hell are you feeding the fucking raccoon in the back of the house? It's got rabies. It hurt my dog. My dog has now run away, and I'm probably going to have to kill it. Like, what is wrong with you, you dumb shit kid? Yeah. So, I, I, I think Hank is made out to be a dick and to be the villain because he's not nice to Bobby about it. And mm-hmm. everybody loves Bobby because Bobby's a kid. And like you said, they make him very lovable where he's chittering along with Bandit and all this and that. But I don't know. I don't think Hank needs to be villainized for this. And because of that, it's it just it turns it into a middle-of-the-road dog story that doesn't have a lot of legitimate stakes. You don't really think that Lady Bird's going to die from this because Dale's not going to go and get the rabies shots. Right. And so you know that the, Dale's not actually going to get rabies, meaning Lady Bird didn't have rabies, meaning she's not going to die. Right, right, right. So I know it loses a lot of its stakes for me. So it's just like, eh. yeah, yeah. Those are my cons though. Like not a whole hell of a lot, but just a okay. couple of them. Okay, cool. How about you, ma'am? I, I have a number of cons. Number one, I, okay. We've talked before. I don't really like dogs, but I love cats and I hate Hank's cat. I, 
Wow. I hate Hank's cat hate. That's a really hard thing to say. That might be my new tongue twister. Yeah, that it's okay for little girls or sick older women. Yeah, and it's like, shut up. Fuck you, man. Like, cats are great. They're not, I don't know, whatever. But also, I guess it's kind of cool that we're laying down the building blocks of this for like eight seasons later when he takes care of Duke the cat. That's fine. Okay, cool, whatever. How the hell did that fucking raccoon get into the cooler? They're drinking beer in the alley. <laughs> they yeah. already have beers in their hands, and suddenly do they bring out a beer each and then have the collective community cooler? I don't know. That was fucking stupid. Also, what else How is did in the Bandit cooler? not suffocate? Also, what else is in the cooler? Like, so much of it. Like, that part really pissed me off. Um. See, I, I told you to tell... Oh, okay, so... Oh yeah, cons, cons. No, no, no. I, I, I had to, I had to find, I had to find the list. Sorry, or the note. Um, so number, I just had to remember how they fell down. Um, Dale really makes me want to try mushrooms. I know that like this <laughs> representation of mushrooms is a bad one, and I know that microdosing mushrooms can really help people with you know PTSD and stuff. I also know that they kind of just make you a better person in general. And Dale's representation of it is a bad representation because you're probably not going to make you know the kill the 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 highway of death that he does. But I love it. He makes me want to try him. I want to see if I think that I, I just want to do that. I want Amanda to come home and like, I have massacred like bugs that I caught out on my deck and stuck them with two, <laughs> Vlad the Impaler them. I want to do that. Um, But finally, this is my biggest one. I don't like the continuity of this episode. This episode is Deus Ex Machina as shit. There's yeah. so much of it that just doesn't work. Um, And chiefly, like, okay, I can forgive that the raccoon is in the cooler because, like, it's a bit, it's kind of funny, fine. Yeah, it's it's a sight gag for two seconds. But, like, why? Why, 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 why? In what fucking rational world would that raccoon be in the same forest as Ladybird and then be, like, what, stalking Hank? And it just so happens to, like, show up in the same place that Dale is? Fuck you, man. Like, it just... It's all it takes, too perfect. It takes it all away. It just... I don't know. It really... We, we talk a lot about believability of episodes and somehow a, an episode like Beer Can Named Desire where Hank wins, a, where, where Luann wins a contest and Hank gets to participate in this contest that could change his life forever is more believable than this stupid raccoon bullshit. And I really, really yeah. don't like it. It really takes me out of it. And you know what? I, I'm not even willing to give it the idea of, oh, it's a cartoon. Let it go. Fuck you. This isn't a cartoon. Like, it is whatever. But at the same time, every 99.8% of the things that we've seen so far, Johnny, have been very, very believable. I will buy Peggy surviving, falling out of a plane, and landing in mud more than I will buy that Bandit is in that goddamn forest. Yeah. And that's, We yeah. expect more of this show. It's you do. not family guy it's not american dad it's not the simpsons like, this is a bad like simpson season 20 onward like plot you know what i mean it, it, it ending it's a bad ending the whole thing though the whole just yeah all of it just dale is really the only thing in this episode that makes it okay other if dale wasn't tripping nuts in the forest and like Oh, also, Con, um, we should probably start watching now because I'm 90% sure that Hank has a TBI from Dale, like, Ray Mysterioing him in the fucking head. <laughs> okay. Because, holy shit, dude. Like, that animation was kind of, like, t- it was cool, but it was kind of tough to <laughs> see because, like, goddamn, Hank is messed up. 6.9. Sha, sha, sha. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the pocket sand. <laughs> um yeah that's that's what i got for cons i just and i'm not trying to like be nitpicky and hateful but this one is no this one is tough we're coming off yeah we're kind of we're kind of coming off um this really solid crust of episodes and then you have this one and it's like wait bobby's afraid of raccoons wait uh just all of it like i don't know it's really hard to watch just about any episode after Beer Can Named Desire and not immediately put it up there. Yeah. Like, in 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 comparing them. So I, I definitely feel like the last couple I've, I've been a little harsh on, but at the same time, no, you've proven to me that you can be damn perfect. You can be perfect. We've had perfect before this. We've had, we'll, we'll have really good... Well, shit, I bet we have perfect after this. Like, I'm not we saying... Do. I'm not well, saying that this is one. like... Huh? I know I've got at least one that's perfect after this. At least one or two. Yeah, and like, but then here you are with this one. I'm just like, God damn, guys. Like, 
I don't know. And and you know, too, we have we have tur we you can't every one of them can't be good. I know that we've already talked about that, but like Yeah. Man, this is the between this one and Thanksgiving, I'm just like, God damn, like, so we have a good one, then we have a bad one. Is this what we're gonna do? So mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know, but yeah. Well, Mark, why don't we jump into some favorite moments? Let's do that. Let's 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 do that, yeah. So I've got two here. Okay. Um, I absolutely love the whole scene with Dale in the crawl space mm-hmm. and him going, no, let me out, let me out. And this, of course, the second Hank lets him out, I ask you to do one thing and you don't do it. <laughs> I saw it coming a million miles away, even the first time I watched this episode and still thought it was great. Still funny. Uh, I, <laughs> I also, I love that Nancy comes to the door and just says, you know, Suge, I don't really want to abuse the privilege but I need you to get Dale out of the basement again. How yeah. many times have they had to do that? Oh, I had that for, for a Nancy note. Who like, has like, yeah, I want to see these moments where like, they have like, to pull them yeah. out. Oh yeah. Nancy who doesn't have like a lot of shame apparently is ashamed that they've had to pull them out so many times. Mm-hmm. So those are my favorite moments out of the episode. <laughs> I love I love that. I need you to get him out again. But then like the guys are there <laughs> too. But you know, it kind of makes me think like so like we we had um um oh uh uh pretty pretty dresses and they kind of put Bill on suicide watch and we can mm-hmm. probably be straight and say that this is this has happened before, you know. Yep. So like it's a reoccurring theme where like Bill's on suicide watch. Um or Dale's Dale needs to be, basement. yeah, Dale needs to be pulled out of the basement. Like these little moments that I kind of, I'm glad we don't see him because then it wouldn't make him so special, but I really like that they exist. And so that's, that, that, that is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite moments. I only have one and it's Bill's flare gun. <laughs> False alarm. Like number one, Hank having to explain to Bill who was in the army and probably has had basic reconnaissance training with a flare gun. And how to operate and how to use this thing and shoot it in yep. the air, not at the raccoon. All right. And then literally he turns around and Bill <laughs> has fired the flare. And it comes very, very close to just ripping Hank's head off his shoulders because that bitch is a point blank. And I don't know the ballistics of a of a flare gun, but I know that you can, you know, kill dudes with them in Far Cry. So that's what I'm going to use as my method and say, yeah. Yep. That's, that's hilarious. I love it. And then also... um. Anytime that Dale is insane, his whole tape recorder bit is fantastic. <laughs> He's like recording. Uh, I've only eaten these mushrooms. I see geometric shapes and patterns. I also need batteries. Whips the tape recorder through the blinking. woods. Yeah. Whips it through, picks up a pine cone, starts talking to the pine cone. I also need a new tape recorder. Fucking, this is a great Dale episode. And literally, if Dale was not in this episode, this would be a charcoal for me. But yeah. Okay. Mark. You want to do this the easy way or the hard way? The hard way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also, can we just be um, impressed by Dale's kung fu abilities? Because he takes out three full-grown men, one of whom yes. is a Texas Ranger. Like, yes. Yeah. God damn, Dale. Oh man. Well, I say we rate this guy so we can get out of here, man. What, let's do her. What are you? What are you gonna give uh, to kill a ladybird, Johnny? Uh, I gave it a megalotane, man. Okay. It's it's somewhere in between um, bronze and silver. It's mm-hmm. not a very good episode. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I literally wrote in here that Dale is the saving grace of this episode. And after seeing it so many times, I do not give two shits about the dog sob story. I hate that fucking geriatric dog. I want Lady Bird to die <laughs> so we can move on. I just, I, oh yeah. God. And she's going to no, be it's... around for seasons yet. She's already 91 in dog years. And I think she's going to be like 120 by the wrap of the show. And she's still alive. Pass. No, thank like. you. Yeah, it's, it's, it just sucks. Um, honestly, I want to see a super cut of just, just the Dale scenes. Yeah just the Dale scenes and see if they make sense. Why the hell not? You need to see him getting attacked and, or you need to see him involved with Lady Bird at all. Probably not. That's all just hearsay. Let's just do a 10 minute episode of Dale being weird. Hell yeah. I'm into it. I love that idea. How about you, man? What'd you give her? Um, I'm going to give her a Megalotane too. Maybe we need to think of a fun, clever rating for it. But like, 
It's a mega, mega Lotane. I don't know. Both of us, we don't like it. It's whatever. It's not a terrible episode. Dale's fantastic. It's super deus ex machina-y. It assumes on a lot of shit. I just... I don't think... See, but here's the problem is, like, I would watch this again. It's like you're saying, just the mega cut of stuff. For, for, or the super yeah. cut of stuff from Dale. I'd watch it again for that. So, yeah, Megalotane. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Mark, I got a question for you. What's that, buddy? You still like King of the Hill? I still like King of the Hill. We're having some ups and downs, but goddamn, if I didn't love Not in My Backhoe, and goddamn it, if I don't wish I could see a whole series of Hank and Hal just palling around, <laughs> but it's all right. Hey, Diedrich we, Bader, hit us up. Dude, yeah. I, he liked one of our tweets, and I exploded when I saw that, so that's something. Heck yeah. All right, well, yeah, no, I still I still really enjoy King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? You still like it? I love I love King of the Hill, man. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You want to you want to tell these good people where they can find us in a forest surrounded by our trophies of death? I absolutely do. All the good folks out there in internet land can find us at Dangle Podcast on Twitter. They can find us on Instagram at Dangle Podcast or they can drop us in line in email form at danglepodcast@gmail.com. They can find me at krautballstream. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in a synonym for winterborn. You're going to need to break that one down for me, buddy. Uh, I don't know. It just says it's a, a noun called winterborn, and born is spelled like Jason Bourne with a U. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, But cool. that's kind of a badass way to say stream, right? Fuck yeah. I'll take her. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and you can also find me on my other podcast and our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, where my buddy Josh and I take a variety of topics that are real weird and discuss them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Let's get out of here, buddy. Let's get out of here. You all have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. <laughs>